0: I gave you some notes today, and you'll notice I didn't put a lot of notes because it gave me 10 points. Normally, I like to stay with about three or four, but on this one, I made the exception because all 10 were necessary. And I want to tell you how to get the most out of life. And, uh, and so if you've got your uh, notepad there in front of you, we're going to go through these, and this will be really, uh, pretty brief, but, uh, but I think you'll be able to get them. All of them, by the way, for those of you that, that love to try to guess the answer before I get to it, and there are some of you in the room because I've seen you, uh, All of them are going to begin with the letter E, and uh, so uh, here they go. The number one is this. If I want to get the most out of my life, number one, examine your life at the moment. Examine your life at the moment. You'll never know how to get where you're going until you know where you are. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like the map in the mall. You walk up. I love those little arrows that say, you are here. Well, see, I have to know I are here before I get there. And in life, there are a lot of people trying to go through life with the idea that, you know, I'm going to hit the lottery or I'm just going to wind up somewhere where I'm supposed to be. And they've never stopped and said, where am I now? You know, if I, if I figure out where I am. And so you got to know which direction am I moving and, and where am I at at the moment? And, uh, and 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 am I moving toward the direction I want to be at? And, and if we can figure that out, that first question is examine your life at the moment. I think generally many people will start moving when they get dissatisfied, you know. There's a... Uh, they said there's two ways people change their life. One is they learn enough that they want to, or they hit bottom hard enough they have to. But, but one of those two ways is going to sometimes do the wake up call for us. Number two, exchange all the little options for one big dream. Too often we, we, we spend our life doing this. You know, you, you write a to do list in the morning, you've got 40 things on it. And by the end of the day, you did 40 things, but none of them were on your list. And you say, gee, what happened? We chase too many rabbits, chase too many things. We let the urgent move the essential out of the way. You know, this is what I got to do, but all those urgent things made me go chase it. What was it? The old hunter said one time, he said, the guy that chases two rabbits misses both of them, a- and it's true. Uh, they taught me in, uh, in dove hunting, and uh, I, <laughs> I won't even go there, Larry. <laughs> That's his heart. Larry's had all kind of rough time, but he's a survivor. They taught me in dove hunting and quail hunting, especially with quail hunting, you know, because they come jumping up. They said sight on one, you know, don't, don't, don't panic and just start shooting because three or four flush up. Beat on one of them. And, and when you do that, what it does is at that moment, you're able to at least take one home. I always remember that I went, uh, I was quail hunting with a bunch of guys one time. It's true up at Callaway Garden. And there's an older man over there. He's a real old guy and had a dry sense of humor. And so I was shooting up. That was just lucky that David, I was hitting more quail than anybody out there, probably two or three times more than anybody. He said, Preacher, you, you need to get in the quail hunting business, you know. And he was going on. Well, then I found out the team we were competing against over there, we had 39 birds. And, I, and he said, how are you doing it? And I said, I don't know. Just put a lead on him and shoot him. And I said, but we got to win this thing because they're buying steaks tonight. Well, they come over to the hill and said, how many y'all got? And uh, we said, how many of y'all got? I said, we got 40. And the guy with us said, we got 39. And I said, hold on. And there was one quail laying up in a tree, just sitting there. And you ain't supposed to shoot him unless they're moving. Well, I shot him. And I hollered over the hill. we got 40. Now we're even. That old dry guy turned around and said, preacher, what kind of lead you put on that one? <laughs> so so sometimes, sometimes if they're standing still, you can hit that target a little easier. Let me give you number three. Expose yourself to successful people. And now I don't mean by that, you know, you know being at their doorstep and, you know, you know, they can't even get their job done because you're there. But I do mean expose yourself. to. You can do it in two or three ways. You can do it one way by reading the books of them. I mean, I, if I walk through a bookstore, I see a book on Jack Welch, I buy it. You know, I, the reason I buy it is because uh, I know I'm going to get something out of that. Um, Noel you probably the smartest guy that ever lived. Uh, Jack Welch said this. He said, I thought it was cute. Welch said about Noel, he said, he's the smartest man in any room. <laughs> that's, that's pretty high credential. Uh, I read everything, everything he's got. Uh, there, there are certain people that I read because I say, I, I can learn something from them if I'm reading their stuff. And that's one way to do it. Of course, the other way, we mentioned to you, and there's two ways. I had a guy last night call me from Biloxi, and he said, look, I want you to know my business just soars. And he says, and it's because we're on this Excel program. Now, you can get on anything, this or John Maxwell or Anthony Robbins, anybody you want, but, but take it in. You know, you can ride down the road and listen to radio. You can, you can ride down the road and just daydream, or you can learn something. And, 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 and so I, I eat and sleep. In fact, I put one of my boys in the car coming back from Daytona a while back, and he called his mom on the cell phone. He said, you got to get me out of this car. He said, why? He said, I, I swear, it's an endless pit. He said... He said, just what I thought we threw that tape. He's got a case in the back, about 200 of them. <laughs> well, sure. That's, I love the ride. But, but what I do is this is that monthly deal. You get it. We put it in. You listen to it as you're driving. You'll be amazed at how much you'll pick up when you're out of that, uh, even even when you listen to it on tape, than you do perhaps by being in the room. You say, well, I forgot that or missed that. And you hear it over and over. I had a guy one time that fired a man that said, it's the best thing I ever did. He said, I never could fire people well, and I had to fire this guy. He said, I took your tape, listened to the notes, wrote them all down. It was a deal I did about how to let people go. He said, man, I went item by item. And then, John, here's the problem. And then, John, and he said, I kept looking down. He said, but it landed it so perfect, and he was fine, I was fine when it was over. Expose yourself to successful people. You can do it by if you know them. You know, if you know the people, learn from them. Um, I've been on the phone this morning. We got on the phone with a guy this morning He's a great leader. I'm going to meet another one day at 3 o'clock. And, and, and in both those cases, there are people that run corporations. There are people that are really doing it right, and we're dear friends. And, and, and my whole agenda, they say, I've got to see you. And the truth is, happened about an hour ago. They called and said, he needs to see you today. and wants to see if we can work this out. Sure. And said, I, I want to see them too, and let's make this something happen. And between phone calls, I started writing down some questions I want to ask. Some questions that I know when I'm with him, it's not going to be just, how how you doing, how's the dog, how's the family. It's not going to be that. When I leave from there, I'm going to get something. And, and it may be something that helps my life in a little area or big, but I want to get something. And so expose yourself to people that are getting there. I mean, learn from those people. Go to school on their shot. Ask them the questions that make them say, wow, you know, this, this person is, is really hungry. And if you'll do that, I promise you something. I'll give you a quick illustration of it. Many years ago when I was up, uh, When I was a youth pastor before I became a pastor, there was a world-class guy that came to Columbus, Georgia. I called the church where he was at, and he was going to be speaking, and and I knew he was just kind of a legend. This guy, he spoke all over the country, wrote books. And so I said, is anybody taking him back to the airport next week? They said, well, we don't know. And I said, I'll be more than happy. I'll buy the gas, take him and all that. Sure, he's going to leave early in the morning. I said, fine with me. I picked him up like on a Monday morning, spoke at one of the churches in town. I was a 19-year-old kid. I picked him up on a Monday morning at about about 7 o'clock in the morning, take him to Atlanta. And I had a list of things. Well, when he got in the car, he said, I must have ate something bad because I am so sick. He said, I don't think I've ever been so sick. He said, I got a flu. He said, I'm sweating. He said, would you mind if I just laid down in your back seat? And he said, it's going to be the longest flight when I get back. I said, sure, that's fine. He laid down in the back seat. God, uh, this is the God's honest truth. I opened up my notebook. I had about 120 questions. <laughs> I started firing them off. I mean, one behind another. And he would... You know, he'd moan back then, I'd slow down, I'd give him another one, I'd give him and finally this is the truth. That man leaned up, looked in my face, looking in the mirror actually while I'm driving, and he said, Are you a Philadelphia lawyer? <laughs> I said, No, sir. He said, My soul and body. I ain't never had nobody ask me so many questions in my life. He said, I'm sick as could be. How far is it to the airport, son? <laughs> I said, oh, we're about 20 minutes out. And I said, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bother you. So he laid back, you know, and when he laid back down in the seat, he said, my soul. You know, he's just shrugging. He's sick. I looked down and thought, okay, I got about 15 more questions to go. <laughs> and I kept firing them at him. When I let him off at the airport, this godly man that everybody knows their name, if I told you right now, he got out of that car. He wouldn't let me carry his bag. He just slammed the door and stormed off. Four years later, I was speaking at a place where I had the largest uh, youth ministry that had ever been in the state of Georgia. And I look out, and he's standing out there, and he walks up to me. And he says, do you remember me? And I said, yes, sir. Last time I saw you, you was feeling bad. How are you feeling today? <laughs> he said, I want to apologize to you. I was so ugly. He said, a lot of people ask me questions, but don't use it. He said, I realized when I heard you speak today that man has got a wealth of information. He said, and I guess it's because you're picking up everybody, hauling them to the airport or wherever, and getting all you can. And I said, I'm sorry if I seemed rude, but I just knew that was my only chance. You were locked in the car. You had a lifetime experience. You were too sick to beat me off. So I knew we was going places. Well, I tell you, learn from all those you can. Let me give you the others quickly here. Uh, number four, express your, your belief in your dream. There's something about when you say it openly that all of a sudden you're committed. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if, you, if you're going to date somebody and ask somebody for a date, don't think it in your head, no, I'm going to ask him for a date. Go tell everybody that works in the office. I'm going to ask her out. I'm going to ask him. And, and when you do that, you know why? Because once you do it, now they're going to hold you accountable. That's, isn't that true? <laughs> that's, that's the way you do it. Once you say it, once you set the num- number of the goal, you know, you're in the business, I'm going to make 10 calls today. Or I'm going to make five sales this week. Once you publicly declared it, now you're on the line. And, and what it does is when you express it, it will kind of move you toward it. You'll be amazed at how things will kind of surface when you do. So express it. Number five, expect opposition to your dream. Those folks that think I got a dream and everybody's going to say, that is so wonderful. In Southern language, it ain't going to happen. Okay. Everybody that doesn't have a dream for their life is going to take a shot at your dream. Okay. If they ain't got one for their own life, they don't like yours. Somebody the other day made a statement about somebody that I like. I'm going to bring him in here soon and have him speak. And somebody said, well, he just makes too much money. I never knew that. You know, I, I told you that, you know, I, I remember driving up one day and I bought a little car, a little toy. You know, when you go through midlife, you can do three things. You can chase women. Uh, that's not good. Um, it costs you more in the end, you know. You can wear chains all over, you know, and bare my, bear my chest. Or you can just buy a little sports car. Well, I bought a little sports car. And so I thought that's the easiest way to get through that transition. I walked into a church guy standing out there. He said, it must be nice to drive a car like that. I should have been a preacher. I said, no, you should have been a better plumber. You know. if he had been a better plumber, he could drive what he wants, you know, <laughs> instead of standing at the door and gripe about everybody else, you know. This is America. There's no lid on your life. You can go as far as you want to go, you know, and, and, and sometimes it amazes me. This is a fact, and you'll see it, and this is a, I love this city, but there's one thing about it that you, that you will battle. They will forgive you for anything except success. Right. Now, you can kill, shoot, steal, and they'll, okay, we'll let you slide, but if you ever try to succeed get ready. So expect some opposition. That, that's part of it. But, but all that does is make you clarify where you're going and what you're doing. And it determines if you really got it in you to stand when you get there. There's a story in the Bible about King David one time, and, and he was walking out of the city. And, uh, and, and as he was walking out of the city, there was this guy who started throwing rocks at him. And, and his faithful servant said, you want me to pull out my sword and cut his head off? And his servant would have done it. And David said, no, he's probably a messenger sent by God to buffet me. What David was actually saying was this. If I'm going to be the king one day, I'm going to have a lot of people throwing rocks. So I better learn how to stand it today. And in my life, in your life, that's what we got to do. Understand, there'll be opposition. Everybody don't have to believe in your dream. But if you believe in it, that's enough. And so then the the, the next one I'll give you, number six, expend all your efforts toward your dream. Expend your efforts toward it. Make sure that you don't get off the main project, you know. Your main project's going at where you're going at, whether, whether that be retirement or whether that be you know, a goal you've got or something. like Whatever that is, expend your efforts toward that. Don't waste it on 10,000 other things. That's that Jack Welch statement, you know, he says, don't be a dabbler. And anything you do, he says, don't dabble, go all the way. And, and that's really what it is. Number, number seven, extract every positive principle from life. What I mean by that is you can learn from people that, that are bad. I mean, they, there's some people that mean you harm. You can learn from them. There's some bad experiences in life life's going to come your way. You can learn. something. you're going to fall sometime. When you fall, just pick something up while you're down there. You know, the truth is, is if if you if you go through life and you don't learn, it wasn't a failure until you didn't learn something from it. If you learn something from it, then what happened was it was it was really a success. So extract the principle. Say, what can I learn from this? And when you when you pull that out of it. You can probably use it down the road. Somebody was telling me this morning. They were doing an interview. And they said, did I go through this right, Pastor? I said, what's, what's the steps? And they told me. And I said, okay, here, here's what I'd do. Since they said this, this, this. If I were you, move number two to number one. Number three, just take it off the table and don't deal with it yet. Tell them later we'll get to that one. And, and I said, from everyone. He said, well, what, you think that was a dead, you know, dead end? No. Nah, I think we learned something from it. Next time, you just, you just shift it around. That's all that is. And so you learn from it. Now, number eight. Exceed the normal expectations to make it happen. It's that, it's that principle called and then some. Do what they ask and a little bit more. Uh, we got this winner on our staff. Got a bunch of them, but The other day, I didn't realize. When I came into town, my car was on empty. And, and all of a sudden, he came in and said, my car is broke down and I've got to go to a particular meeting. And he said, I don't have any transportation. I'm trying to find somebody to help me. And I reached in my pocket and said, here, take mine. He took my car. He said, really? I said, yeah, you know, take it and, and, and drive it. I, I don't care. I'm going to be here for another hour or two. He said, okay. Well, when I walked out that evening, I sat in the car and cranked it up. The tank was full. And I couldn't help but think, there he was. He used my car and went over there. Now, he may have had to get gas because he couldn't get there on fumes. <laughs> but I'm going to assume that his motive was, I'm thanking him, and I did that. That and then some means you do something for somebody, and they go a little further. Keith and Mary Williams, some of the greatest realtors. I mean, Keith sold, sold me a house one time. And, and uh, when I went up there, on the front porch, he and Mary had this gift. Thank you note. And they had, and if I tell you this, might get everybody would expect to it. They had a barbecue grill and some patio furniture. And, and when I saw that, I said, how about that? I mean, uh, you know, th- that just somehow, uh, it made me look at that final closing statement. You know, that big price you would have paid if you lived in it 30 years. And I said, I think we can handle that now. But, but the, the truth in lending, I think that's a line. But, but I, that was such a good deal. They, they didn't just sell you a house and say, adios, see you. But they put that touch to it. And there's something about when you do that to somebody, they realize this is more than now just a, uh, a working relationship. This can become a better relationship. Uh, number, number, uh, number nine, expel negative people as close friends. Got it? They said, that's going to be hard. You, I was fishing years ago. I've used this illustration before, so you may have heard me say it. I was fishing years ago down in the bayou, and uh, we was down there, and this old guy was there, and we caught some crab. He put a crab, threw it in a bucket, and put a lid on it. I said, oh, okay. A few minutes later, he caught another crab, picked it up, and he just tossed it over in the bucket, picked up the lid, tossed it in the bucket, but he threw the lid down. And this was like 15 years ago, but that lesson has stuck with me, and I've used it many times. Some of you have heard me say it. I reached over and stopped my fishing for a minute. I was going to pick up the lid and put it on a bucket. He said, Bill, you don't have to put lid on it. I said, but I saw you do that. They'll get out. He said, no, no, no. He said, if you got one crab, he said, you got to put a lid on it. You put two, they'll never get out because one crab will always pull the next one down. And I thought, that's the problem with a lot of people. You're working with or around people, the crab's in your bucket. (laughs) And every time you try to get up, they pull you down. And negative people will do that to you. I mean, they... They're just some people born on the dark side of the moon, baptized in vinegar, weaned on a deal pickle. They ain't never seen a good day in their life. I mean, the doctors spanked them the day they were born, and they ain't quit crying. And, and those kind of people, if they're negative people, they will, they will pull you down. I've always said, man, I, you know, I'd rather ride from here to Atlanta with a, with a bunch of thugs that I couldn't trust than to ride from here to McDonald's with a negative person. Uh, I just can't, something about me, the moment I'm with somebody that all they want to do is talk about how bad it is, I just want to think, listen, it's getting bad for me and I got to get out of here. They can poison an atmosphere. I mean, you bring one in your office. It's kind of like the baby in the, in the restaurant. You know, how many babies is it taking in the restaurant to mess up everybody's meal? Just one. And you bring one of those folks in your office and you know what they'll do? They'll make it so loud and so poison the atmosphere so bad that you won't even feel like going to work. And so make sure you learn to expel those people out of your life. And then number 10, the last one is this. Extend a, help, a hand to, uh, to those who have a similar dream. You'll find a lot of other people that will come along. And you'll, they'll be like Jesus did one time. He healed 10 lepers, worst disease known to man. And nine of them walked away and didn't say thank you. But one of them stopped and said thank you. You're going to help a lot of people that don't say thank you and they don't care. But don't let that cause you to miss the one that does. And and I often say to people, listen, they'll say, Brother Bill, they're just using you. They're just using you. Can't you see that? And I said, that's all right. I I can live with that. I would rather rather be hurt by nine people that have tried to help and and, uh, still help one than to put a wall up and say, I'm not going to help anybody because I've been hurt. And then have one somebody that says, if if you'd have helped me, I I believe I could have made it. And so I would rather, if it comes to relationship, if we have a relationship with each other, I'd rather you hurt my feelings than me hurt you. I can get over it if you hurt me. But, but if I hurt you, that's going to hurt both of us because I don't want to do that. And so extend a hand. When they ask the questions or they step up or they need something, don't ever forget where you came from. Remember there was a time in your life that you were struggling, didn't quite have the grip on it, and now all of a sudden you're there. And so when you're there, what you do is, you reach back to them. For, gosh, it's been probably 10 years now, I've gone to small churches and tried to help them to grow and get a plan. And I can't remember ever taking an offering from them. Generally, what will happen is, in fact, we have people that joined our church say, I was on a committee at this church when they gave to you there at that little church I was at and you gave it back. And didn't tell it to the whole church, just told it to the finance committee and said, y'all take it back. And the reason for that is, I want to say to them, I believe in you. Now, that was my way in my field, but in your field, you can do the same. Somebody's gonna come to you with a dream and they wanna start off and your life can help to make a big difference in theirs if you'll say, I'm gonna help you. And so those are the 10 rules I know that'll kinda help you to make the most out of life. And I hope you'll use them in your life because they'll make a big difference.